Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, While you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is comedian Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Hey, it's Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 105 for Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. Welcome, onesies. How are you guys doing? Huh? Did you have a great week? Happy belated Mother's Day. We're going to talk about all sorts of different stuff this week. All right, I'll talk about my New York trip. I'll talk about a rosé event I did. I'll talk about my little uh, Mother's Day experience, doing some more Air Canada onboarding. And uh, yeah, I think that's about that's about it. I think, uh, I mean, that's going to take up a good chunk of it. I got to be honest with you. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. The, the New York trip was fantastic. Um, what else did I want to say? There's a few things. I just want to make a little last minute note here because I want to give some shout outs. I'm going to start off with this, uh, shout out itself. Um, my numbers. All right. For the one man podcast, I got to say this month and we're well in the month. This is, it's, you know, I'm recording this on Tuesday as always. That's the, the 14th of the month. That's a, that's a safe safe, uh, place to say halfway through the month. Um, I want to give out a big shout out, a huge shout out to the Nova Scotia onesies, Nova Scotia, the month of May, 2019 is the largest listenership for the one man podcast. So this month I have had more downloads in Nova Scotia than in anywhere else in the world. Nova Scotia, you guys are the champions of onesies right now. I also have a, uh, a big spike in downloads in Oregon or, or I think it's Oregon is how you say it. Oregon, Oregon. How do you say it's Oregon, right? It's not Oregon, 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 uh, in the U S just above California, if I'm not mistaken. And they're, uh, they're also listening consistently. It's, I mean, it's right now it's my biggest source of downloads in the United States. So, uh, the rest of you listening, thank you so much. I just visited your lovely country. Now visit my lovely podcast. <laughs> um, so big shout out to Nova Scotia, Oregon. Uh, I don't know why I felt like I could say that before. And then you try to say it and you're like, oh shit, how do you say Oregon, Oregon? That's what I'm saying. Or Oregon, er- Oregon. It's like tarragon and oregano and all that stuff. Well, I just lost my Oregon <laughs> listeners. So yeah. Um, Last week, guys, uh, we're starting right bright and early on Monday morning. So I would have recorded this on Tuesday, of course, but I couldn't. I was in the uh, United States of America. And why don't we, uh, you know, do I start, we'll start with the stuff that I'm not too keen on talking about. You know, I'm not trying to make this so much of like, here's exactly how the week went. But uh, I will say this. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll get right into it. We're just going to jump right into the, the trip to New York. Um Monday morning, bright and early, myself, Simon, Mikey, we pile into the, uh, the HRV and we head down to the United States. Nobody forgot anything or anything like that. It was great. 
trip was relatively nice. And we decided that the, uh, on the way we had a nice little six and a half, seven hour drive in front of us. And we decided that we were going to be going to Sonic for breakfast. We figured, you know what, let's just, let's just get in the car and put a few uh, hours behind us. Three and a half hours into our trip, we we're going to hit Sonic, a lovely drive-in style, uh, American fast food restaurant with the same font and everything. Sort of the logo itself. Sonic looks like Sonic, the hedgehogs font and logoing. So I'm not sure if there's any relation to Sonic, the fast food joint and Sonic the Hedgehog, but I'll tell you, they look pretty damn close. Um, but yeah, we decided to go to Sonic. It's a really, really cool and bad for you place that it's just, everything's delicious and you want to eat a lot of it. Um, so, so far the trip was good. Our, our crossing the border into the States went smooth. No real issues. Oh, you know what was really funny? Um, I had brought a bottle of kombucha that Crystal had given me. And I put it in the door. That was going to be my, my trip down drink. And of course, cause I'm wearing my Invisaligners, I, uh, still can't really drink or anything like that. Especially if you're going to take a long time to drink something, you, you need to sort of take the aligners out. And of course, the longer you take, if you're having coffee or anything like that, you sort of like, okay, well, I'm committing to, if I'm going to take two hours to drink this coffee, I'm committing to not having my aligners in for two hours. Um, but even as we speak, Jason, uh, got home not too long ago and gave me one of these, uh, Budweiser copper something or other beers. And I think it's one that has like Jim Beam in it. So I've been sipping on that and I do have my aligners in, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sip on it. I'm going to let the aligners do their work and then make sure that I take these out, wash them and brush my teeth afterwards. I think that might mean that my new policy for beverages, because, uh, he's got a different company providing his aligners than I do. And the company he deals with says that, yeah, you can drink with them on and everything like that. You just can't eat, which is strange to me because the whole idea behind it is if you get food and stuff in anything with sugar, or whatever, it can just sit in there and cause cavities. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. They also said that they stain them too. So, um, I'm chatting with the Invisaligners in right now. I'm sure there's a little bit of a stutter or slur that you guys can hear as a result, but I am in my fifth, fifth tray of those fifth out of 15. So I'm about a third of the way through my, my smile journey. Uh, they call it, but needless to say, I brought a thing of kombucha down and I'm like, you know what? If I get thirsty, I'm just going to chug this, or maybe I'll take the aligners up for 20 minutes. I actually have a, like in my console. There's not a ton of room in my center console, but in it, I have two travel toothbrushes, toothpaste, mouthwash, my case for my aligners if I have to take them out, and then a thing of dental floss. So I actually have it in case I'm on the road and I need to brush my teeth for whatever reason with my aligners. I've got my little tackle box of uh, my tooth care tackle box in my car. So um, when we get to the... Um, we get to the border. They're like, do you have any food or drinks to declare? And I go, not really. Like none of us had anything to drink in the car. They had water. I'm like, I have, I have kombucha. And she's like, what's kombucha? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I pulled the bottle and I show her and I'm like, I don't know. It's like a fermented drink. She's like, it's not, it's not any of that stuff that you guys are allowed to have now up there. Is it? And I go, what? And she, she's like, and I, and it immediately occurs to me. She's talking about like pot now that pot's legal. She's like, that's still not legal down here. It's not legal to buy. It's not legal to smoke. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's not my drug of choice. She actually had like a, like a dude behind her too, who is like pretty built or whatever. I think he was in training. So she was trying to be like extra thorough. And I'm like, no, not my drug of choice, which in retrospect, I'm like, I wish I hadn't said the word drug. Cause I usually mean alcohol when I'm referring to like, not my alterant or party, you know, uh, in, what is it? What is it? Uh, inter not internalizing. Fuck. I hate not being able to think of words guys. This happens to me all the time, you know, consume consumption, consumable. That's the thing. It's not my consumable of choice as an alterant, but anyways, so 
I get there and I'm like, yeah, kombucha. She's like, what's that? I don't know. Fucking fermented drinks. She's like, it better not be. I'm like, it's, it's not. And then she's like, all right, well, you guys have fun. You know, what are you doing? She said, you know, we're going to see a comedy show where comedians were friends with the guy. If he, how do you, how do you know him? You know, if, where, if you're not, if you're not, you know, going down there to work, how do you know him if you're not working? I'm like, I, we've worked together up here in Canada before. He's a friend. We're going to see his podcast. Oh, okay. I think she was just being thorough to show like her trainee that, you know, you got to be a cunt at the border. <laughs> she was fine. It was just like a lot of questions. She was very hard nosed, but like letting everything slide. Um, so we uh, continue the drive, hit Sonic. Sonic was was delicious. It was funny. We popped in there, ordered our food, and uh, I just kept asking all these questions about what's in the food. What's this? Does this have that in it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it was pretty cool. Everything's very elaborate. It's like, it's like if Denny's had, like, a fast food joint, almost. You know what I mean? Like, just every, everything was like, you know, every breakfast wrap, eggs, and sausage, and cheese. And blah. I was like, holy fuck. Everything was amazing. I enjoyed it. And then the then, then the girl behind the counter, she was like, can I get a name for the order? And I'm like, I'm trying to think of something obnoxious because I'm always thinking of something stupid. And she's like, I'm just going to put amazing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I love that. The 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 dude comes out and he's like, uh, amazing, amazing. And I'm like, right here. I'm amazing. <laughs> so that way, I don't know, it was fun. We had a good time at uh, Sonic. And then we decided to drive to the Costco because, you know, Costco is supposed to have cheap booze. Went to the cheap booze outlet at Costco and everything was like, eh, some things were good. But by the time you factor in the exchange and then the fact that there's tax on top of it, because here in Ontario, the liquor control board has all the taxes included in the price. So by the time you're like, okay, add 30% for the exchange and then another 8% of tax, you're like, ah, it's really not that good of a deal, you know? So we ended up going, uh, you know, we, we poked around in the Costco there. I got a chicken bake. Thank God they got the chicken bakes on the Syracuse side. Um... For anyone who's like, what's the fuck a chicken bake? Oh my God. Picture a giant sandwich loaded with chicken, bacon, and like carbonara. Like, I, I don't know. What is it? Ranch sauce or carbonara sauce? Cheese. Oh, for like three bucks. Amazing. Big ass sandwich. Three bucks. Delicious. Um, did not eat that. We had Sonic. I was fine. I brought it with me to have in, uh, have in New York. When we got there, it was a quick little dinner before the show. We, uh, what else did we do? Uh, we went to a place called Vine and Barrel, which was like across a lot from Costco, just to see what other booze and stuff they had. It's like one of their liquor stores. Because again, in New York, you can have a liquor store. You don't have to be part of the government or whatever. You just have a liquor store. So we went in there. I actually purchased a, uh, where is it sitting right here in my, my cabinet here? Stillhouse, America's finest black bourbon, they call it. And it actually comes in a, what looks like an oil can. Like not a gas can, but like a little motor oil or paint thinner can. So I bought it because of its look. Uh, we tried it when we got to the, uh, what do you call it? The Airbnb in Jersey. And it was, eh, it wasn't, wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was in the price reflected. It was fine. It was just, it was just, eh. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we hit the road again, got some gas, hit the road. We spent the time driving. We listened to, uh, some, a lot of, a lot of jazz on the way back, I think. Or at least a reasonable amount on the way down. But we actually listened to uh, some Sirius XM uh, Comedy Central. We heard a comic uh, named Sam Morrill, who I've heard before is very funny. And we decided just to look him up on Apple Music and listen to a, a special of his. Let me see if I can get the name for you guys. It's very funny. There's a few, like, a few lulls in it. But for comedy specials, like, it was pretty goddamn good. I am just going to see if I can give you guys the name of the album. It was his 2015 album. So... This will come up again, the fact that I couldn't think of the name of the album, but it's called uh, Class Act is the name of the album. And uh, 
funny. We listen to Sam Riddle's class act with this and that on our way down, having a good time. Uh, that'll come into play later on in the story. And uh, what else do we do? I'm trying to think if there's any other things. We got to our Airbnb in Jersey. Our host, uh, Dion, was very, very cool. Very, very nice guy. Um, before we even left, we sort of like just did a quick little change and then got ready to head into the city. Um, had a drink with him. We actually poured everyone a little bit of that uh, Still House or whatever it's called. It's called Still House. Oh, man, my brain remembered. Still House, America's Finest. And then we headed over to... Um, to Gotham for Verzi's 400th uh, podcast. So again, my buddy, Paul Verzi, host of the Verzi effect. Um, he was recording his 400th episode of the podcast. That was the catalyst for this trip. And uh, I think by the time we left the Airbnb, it was like 630. So we we're trying to figure out, okay, like what bus do we take from Jersey and then what train or whatever. And I think we all just looked at the price of, of the bus and the train and then, you know, how much of an, uh, an Uber be three ways. We just took an Uber over. We got there. Great time. Uber driver was cool. Boom, dropped off right at the door of, of uh, Gotham Comedy Club. And um, it was really cool. Uh, I, I've been to that club before. I remembered exactly what it looked like when I walked in. Everything was really cool. It's been a decade since I've been there. And while we were waiting to get checked in for the podcast, I uh, had an opportunity to meet the manager. Just trying to say hello and, and you know, find out kind of what shows they had coming up in the next couple of days since we we're going to be in town. And um, he was a really cool dude. His name was Ed. Um, we had an opportunity to speak with Ed for a little bit. Ed, uh, Ed brought us downstairs, everything like that. He was so, he was such a cool dude. Like we chatted for a little bit, gave us his time. They were obviously trying to fill the room upstairs. Uh, Verzi's show was going on in the downstairs showroom, the vintage lounge of, uh, Gotham comedy club. And, uh, just, just a really nice guy. And uh, there's more story about Ed. Ed was fantastic. It was one of the best parts of the trip. And I, I'm mildly reluctant to tell you guys everything that he did for us only because I just don't want everyone to start reaching out to Ed, bothering Ed. It does happen in this industry. Believe it or not, a couple of people there. Oh, his name's Ed and he does this. Okay. Let's, uh, um, we, it was really cool. Ed brought us downstairs. Um, we popped into the room. Uh, you know, it was small. It was intimate. There wasn't a lot of tables, uh, just a nice audience. I would say probably like 60, 70 people there. Um, and it was a really, really cool time. Um, we, uh, I'm trying to think here just how to, how to frame it. Um, Paul was recording him and, uh, his special guest, Sal Vacano from Impractical Jokers. If you, Jesus Christ, I, that just, both words sounded terrible. Impractical Jokers. Um, it's on Netflix the first season, but they're actually eight seasons deep now. The Impractical Jokers actually have like a cruise that they do. They have the fourth year of a cruise where they bring a bunch of comics on, people buy tickets. These Impractical Jokers guys in the States are huge. They're, if you've seen their show on Netflix, you're like, oh, this is kind of a funny show, but it's like, uh, I would just say, you know what? If you want to know more about it, go to Netflix, look at Impractical Jokers. That's for my Canadian listeners. Um, US listeners, you guys already know who they are. You already know who the Impractical Jokers are on True TV. Um, but Sal Volcano from that show uh, was was Verzi's guest. They're good buddies. They sat around to chat the shit. The episode was fun. Um, they did some uh, chatting with the crowd. As a matter of fact, Mikey told a really, really good story. Um you know, Paul has a segment of his show called unacceptable where he'll tell you something that happened in his week. That he deems absolutely unacceptable. People will write into his podcast and they will, you know, write in something that happened to them. That's absolutely unacceptable. It's a cool little, uh, thing that he's got on his podcast. And, um, he said he was going to do some live ones. So I was just chatting with the boys on the way down. And, uh, Mikey was like, yeah, I, I, you know, he told us a story to go, dude, you gotta, when he offers the mic up, you got to tell that unacceptable. That's great. 
Um, Mike was not doing it, telling us that story for that purpose. Just once hearing it, I was like, you got to tell it. And, um, it's unfortunate because when Mike tells the story, I have listened to the episode that, that Paul put out since you can't hear Mikey telling the story. Um, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. Mikey told us at Sonic earlier that day that, uh, when he was together with his wife, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me telling this. I mean, again, he told it on a podcast. So for all intents and purposes, he was aware that the universe would have the access to the story. And also Mikey's super cool. So I don't think he'll have an issue with me telling you guys, but, um, Mikey, uh, was, was like telling us about his tattoos when we were having lunch. And then he told us about when he's got on his leg. And, uh, he said that when him and his wife were together, he's now divorced. Um, when him and his wife were together, they wanted to do something sweet for each other, but they didn't want to do um, like your typical, like, hey, get your name on me and I'll get my name on you or whatever. Um, so what they decided to do was to get each other's uh, favorite breakfast tattooed on them. So on the back of Mikey's leg, uh, he's got a, a tattoo of an eggs Benedict. But here's the thing from the story, which was unacceptable, is that at the time, like his wife didn't end up going through with it because she was like pregnant and you can't get a tattoo when you're pregnant. And then like in time, it just never ended up happening. So he's got this tattoo on his leg and she does not have one. And Mikey was saying that, that right now, since they're going through like the divorce, he wants to either have her pay for him to get the tattoo covered up or make it so that she has to get the tattoo and hers and his was like Fruit Loops. That was his favorite breakfast. So she's going to get a bowl of Fruit Loops or whatever on her. So it's kind of a, uh, it was a really funny story and the, the guys loved it. So if you do listen to Paul Verzi's 400th episode, you will hear their reaction to that. And the funniest thing was in the episode, he said, I, I, we had to get each other's breakfast. I got eggs Benedict and he's like, yo, what did she get? Like, what would she need to get? Like fucking Fruit Loops or something? Like he literally nailed it, um, which was great. So episode went good. We, we hung out afterwards for a little bit to give Paul, Paul and Sal's fans the opportunity to come and talk to them. Like we knew we were going to be hanging out with them afterwards. So we just left it alone, let it, let the room clear out or whatever. And while that was happening, we, myself, Simon and, uh, Mikey had the opportunity to meet one of the doormen there and listen, we're in New York city. So the guys in New York, they talk like this, you know, they, they say, you know, they're nice guys, whatever, but they got that ax. Like every single one of them sounds like they're going to fucking kill you. Right. A lot of, a lot of old guys, cops, whatever. They got that fucking New York accent. They're talking. They're like, yeah, there's this, there's that, whatever. You know, I'd love to blah, 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 blah. It was really cool to hear these guys. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh God, don't kill me. <laughs> it was so cool. It was really cool to hear all the, all the accents. But, uh, at, uh, Gotham, all of the doormen are either active or retired NYPD officers. <clears throat> they're cops. So, uh, the guy we were speaking with, Richie, the doorman, super cool dude. Um, I don't want to say he was old because he wasn't. And like, I mean, normally I would. I mean, like senior. I mean, like the guy looked like he was in his fifties, maybe yeah, like fifties, late fifties. But he's been an, uh, an officer for forty plus years, and he was telling us stories about how he used to be a drug officer, how he's been shot multiple times. He was actually one of the people who was on the scene at nine eleven, and he was talking about how you know he's buried for about half an hour in rubble you know, and dust and everything like that. And he was mentioning how he's a skier. So he knows to like roll his head around to sort of create an air pocket so you can breathe. I was like, holy fuck. Telling us stories that, you know, during 9-11, how with, 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 I don't think police officers necessarily, if I remember correctly, but definitely firefighters, they have uh, like little mercury sensors on them that if that, if the sensor doesn't detect movement for like 30 seconds, um, it'll set off an alarm. 
And at the same time, there's a strobe light on it. So it's basically like a visual and audio cue that there's like, there's a, 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 a responder in, in danger, right? So basically, so maybe it's in a regular fire, they get, you know, knocked out or something falls on them. It's a way for other firefighters to know that they're in there and to find them. Um, and Richie was saying when he got pulled out of the rubble, you know, he was saying how like he just, all he could hear was those alarms going off everywhere. Knows there's people under it and there's, he's like, you can't get to them without a crane or something. So it was, it was, um, it was interesting to hear somebody who was there and who was in it as a responder, just, and this was just shooting the shit. He was such a cool dude. So, so kind of talking about how he's still working cause he's got three daughters and they're all, amazing angels uh one of them works as in a you know a tra trauma nurse one of them works with people with special needs the other one's trying to teach um i can't remember which teaching, but they were all like incredibly empathetic jobs um and he's like yeah i'm just trying to put my last girl through through college now and, and it was like great dude great dude to talk to he had talked he had mentioned to us too about how like in new york you know, years ago when it was, you know, X amount of murders a year and, and homicides in New York City. And he was saying like how like last year there was like 208, you know, or, or maybe it was this year. I don't, I don't recall. So please know my numbers are not. The number was 208. I just can't remember if it was last year or if it was this current year. But he was saying how the, the number of homicides in New York is 208. And he goes, and if you look at how many of them are not either gang or drug related, so he's like, cause those ones, all the drug dealers killing other drug dealers, all that. He goes, I don't even count those, you know, like, I mean, obviously that's not something you have to worry about again, hardened New Yorker. He gets a pass from me. Um, but just was saying, basically drug dealers killing other drug dealers. That's not something as the po the population needs to worry about. If you're not a drug dealer, it's not drug related, you know, you're safe. And then he goes, and then it went and, and, and removing drug dealers and then removing like, husbands killing wives, wives killing husbands or lovers or whatever, like again, killing people that, you know, he said, I think the amount of like homicides that were, you know, people didn't know each other, weren't drug dealers. He says, I think eight, that's huge for a city like New York, where you're like, Oh, if you go to Harlem, you get killed and so that murders ever for, for a city that big. And he said, eight, eight unknown, like just, you know, not crimes of passion or whatever you'd call it, but like, Oh, just somebody walked down the wrong street, bang, dead. he's like eight. That's huge. You know what I mean? That's that's for a city that has 12 million people. That's, I don't know if it's 12. I think it was like eight or 9 million, whatever. But just, that's fucking crazy. I was crazy. So it was great speaking with him while we were chatting with uh, Richie. Paul was Paul was taking care of some business, whatever. And then uh, Mikey, Simon, myself, uh, Sal, and Paul headed uptown to, um, to the Soho Cigar Bar. Uh, Sal was doing a spot at the cellar, so we dropped him off. He took off. Uh, and, uh, and we went to the Soho cigar bar, very nice spot. Apparently it's where all the celebrities in New York go. Um, so Paul made it sort of clear that, you know, there's a lot of important people here, whatever. So, uh, we sort of put our phones away to make sure that we weren't like, you know, fanboying. but I didn't see anybody I knew there. He was saying how like Nick Jonas was there a couple nights ago or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, at least I know who that is. It's not exactly someone I'd be starstruck to see, but you know, um, it was cool. So we went to the Soho cigar bar, uh, had some sticks, shot the shit, talked comedy, talked inspiration. Like it was really good. I had a really good conversation with my friend. Um, you know, excited to, you know, it was cool. It was a good night. And he was, he was great too. One of the things I love about Paul is that he's such a kind, generous guy. He's very, um, encouraging. He's very polite. Like he makes, if you're hanging out with him, he makes whoever's in the area. What the fuck is my Siri trying to talk to me? I heard it go off. Um, 
he makes whoever's around feel like they're they're really important. You know what I mean? Like again, Mikey told his story during the unacceptable. He must have told Mike over the course of the evening like four times that came in. That was so great that you told that story. He's like, you made the show better. That was an amazing story. Thank you so much. Like, you know what I mean? Just like you know, doesn't you don't have to do that? But he he's a he's a good dude. He makes everyone like I said. He makes everyone in the area feel like they're super important and everything like that. And it's just a very kind dude. So. Um, we, we, we shot the shit, talked comedy. He was talking about all sorts of stuff. Some of his stuff is coming up as like announcements and whatnot. I can't really talk about because, um, it's not my place. He'll talk about them. You guys want to know what's going on with Paul. And the sooner you want to know, you listen to his podcast, the Verzi effect, good dude. And, uh, whatnot. So after that, we, um, we are talking about getting a nice slice of New York pizza, you know, like, Hey, what's a good staple this and that. And, uh, and Paul was sitting around the corner or whatever near the cellar. There's this place called Joe's. And so, uh, we went there. He goes, yeah, if you guys want to come now, I'll, I'll give you a ride. We'll go over to Joe's, whatever. So we hopped in the car, went over to Joe's and, uh, grabbed a couple slices of pizza. And as we're standing there, a small little hole in the wall spot. Um, as a matter of fact, if you guys want to know what the place is, uh, if you watch Ray Romano's, uh, new special on Netflix at the very end of that special, him and a few comics go over to this place and they share a pie uh, in this little window spot. That is, uh, that is Joe's. I believe it's called Joe's anyways. You'll, you'll correct, but that's the place we went to. And, uh, as we're standing there eating our pizza, uh, comedian Phil Hanley walks in. Uh, which is kind of cool. I, uh, I have seen Phil, uh, at yuck yucks in Ottawa before. He's a very funny guy and he walks in and I go, Hey, Phil Hanley. And he sort of looks at me strange. Now, again, this is New York, right? A lot of people, a lot of whatever, but I'm like, I'm like, Phil Hanley, man. Hey, you're really funny. He goes, Oh, thanks, man. I go, yeah, you're great. Great comic. Whatever. He's like, yeah, thanks. He goes, I just did the tonight show tonight. I'm like, Oh yeah. Congratulations. So yeah, Monday night, Phil Hanley was on the, uh, on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon. So if you happen to watch that or whatever, that I saw him later that evening, um, and right behind him, uh, walks in Sam Murrill. Funny enough of all the comics we decided to listen to on the way down and albums, and everything like that. Here's Sam, the man himself. Now, of course there's thousands of comics in New York and you're bound to run into some of them, but the odds that at the, now this is also like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. So we're only in this pizza joint for maybe 10, 15 minutes. But the idea that I bump into the guy who was on the tonight show that night and the one comic we happened to listen to on our way down was pretty cool. And it's funny too, because I'm standing there talking with Verzi and Morel because we're saying, oh, Sam, we listen. I go, Sam, we just listened to your fucking album on the way down here. He goes, oh yeah, which one? I go, I don't know. I go, the 2015 one. And he goes, oh, cool. And he was chatting with somebody. So it's kind of funny. Uh, Sam comes and stands there because him and Verzi know each other. Everybody knows Verzi too. So they're chatting a little bit. And like, well, all of us, but you know, uh, it comes in the circle where we're all chit chatting, whatever. And I look over at Phil, uh, and I see that he's sort of like looking at us. He's there with his girl and they're sort of talking to each other, but looking over at us. And I just asked him like over the group, I go, I go, does that happen all the time? Like someone in public will spot you first, last name, whatever. He goes, no, no. And I go, it's fuck, It's pretty fucking cool when it happens. Right. And he's like, yes. And I go, and this, again, this is the guy who just did the tonight show. So if any of you listening, right. I mean, I'm, we're in Canada. And everyone's like, oh, you know, when you make it or whatever, just so you know, you can be in New York city, you know, you can do the fucking tonight show and nobody knows who you are still. It can be a rarity that anyone knows you, you know, maybe comedy fans or whatever, but that's so few and far between that people are comedy fans and they remember who you are. They'll go to a club, right? People go to absolute comedy all the time. They know. And that's the thing, even the name absolute comedy. I talk to people all the time and they're like, where do you perform mostly? And I go absolute comedy. They go, oh, is that the one on Preston street in little Italy? Like... That's people don't really maintain. Oh, I like that comic. Like you gotta be huge 
before anyone will even remember your name. That's not to say that they're going to like you. That's just that like in context, like, oh, okay, I know who that is. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where I was chatting with him and he's like, yeah, I'd love to come back to Ottawa and, and do absolute or whatever. We chatted with Sam, whatever. Uh, you know, I got a little sound bite from Verzi, which you guys heard at the beginning of this episode. I haven't plugged it in yet, but I've, I edited it earlier today. Of course, at this point, you guys listen to the episode, you'll have heard it. It'll be on the episode. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was it for that night. We popped into an Uber and, uh, and headed back to our Airbnb next day, bright eyed, bushy tailed and still a little tired. And, uh, I don't want to say hung over, but definitely had a few beers the night before. I don't drink that much. I think over the course of like what, six hours, actually, you know what, over the course of six hours, I probably had about five beers. So it's really not that much drinking, but I still don't normally drink that much. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting evening. Um, Tuesday, Jersey breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to New Jersey. Uh, went to New Jersey. We were in New Jersey, woke up, walked down the street, had a little hole in the wall, Jersey breakfast where they put peppers and onions in my breakfast. Ugh, it was gross. Um, the breakfast was good. Just, I hate when they do that. So that was just a fun little spot there. We, uh, we went back to our Airbnb changed and, uh, decided to go to Times Square. I mean, obviously we're heading into the city that day. That was our day to fuck around. And, um, we, uh, we took a bus and the, so the funny thing is we just, we just waited around for the bus, hop on the bus. The bus goes like just sort of around a couple of blocks and then through the Lincoln tunnel, uh, to like, you know, a block or two away from Times Square. It was amazing. We come out as soon as we came out of the bus terminal, the gigantic New York times building was right across the street. We walked maybe four or five blocks to Times square, you know, and then we're times square is a fucking mind fuck. There's screens everywhere. It is super touristy. Um, I saw like, I saw, I mean, obviously they got big signs with, with, you know, advertising for uh, Avengers Endgame. There was a sign that had, um, basically just a bunch of red balloons and then like a clown hand letting them go. And it just said new trailer drops Thursday, which I have since seen, but that was a trailer for the, uh, it part two. Um, so very cool. Uh, it's funny cause it's, it's, it's interesting to see like advertisements, f- like trailers for a trailer, you know, Oh, the trailer's coming out on Thursday. Okay. I put it in my calendar. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm up, I'm up for this. I'm a big uh, movie guy. I love watching the trailers, getting the inside scoop on that shit. So, uh, yeah, um, that was really cool. We decided to take a bus trip, a little hop on hop off tour of, um, uptown, I've done the downtown one before where you see like Rockefeller center, empire state building, all that. We decided to do uptown because uptown brought us around central park and I've never seen central park before. I went for a day before and everything I toured was in the downtown area. Uh, we decided to do the uptown. We saw central park sort of from the outside of it, you know, Trump tower and all, or not, I don't know if it's Trump tower, but I think that the Donald Trump hotel or whatever, Trump hotel saw that we got to take a trip through Harlem, which apparently is gentrified as fuck now. Um, but we drove past the Apollo theater. We had to see the world, you know, like that, the, the famous iconic Apollo theater, uh, where so many great comics got their starts. Um, what else? Um, I'm trying to think we did, uh, we saw like the Guggenheim museum. We saw, you know, the Met metropolitan museum. Um, it was pretty cool. 
you know, uh, is what it is. You couldn't see everything, but it was a cool little way to spend the afternoon because we started getting, you know, we were walking around for a while. We didn't get into Times Square until like two in the afternoon. We woke up, we sort of dragged ass a little bit, had breakfast, came back, changed, dragged ass a little bit. It took us a while to get, you know, for the bus to come and then to get there. So, you know, it was the middle of the afternoon after walking around Times Square and looking at this, looking at that, we decided to take a bus tour. That way we still got to see things, but we weren't walking around forever. Back to Times Square. We went and had a Shake Shack burger, which I got to say was delicious. Um, tasted really, really good. Uh, equal to five guys and in and out burger. So just a delicious uh, hamburger to have. And then we walked from Times Square, which was 30, uh, sorry, 43rd Street to uh, 23rd, where Gotham Comedy was. We walked past, um, can't remember the name of the fucking building on the one side, but we walked right past Madison Square Garden. Um on the other side of the street. I think we walked down 8th Avenue. I'm pretty sure it was 8th Ave. Um, pizza joints everywhere. All sorts of very like New York. But it's so, so funny. After you get like five, six blocks away from Times Square, it's just back to regular human behavior. Like, you know, business as usual. Times Square is like just touristy. You feel like you're in a, you know, Disney world. But uh, anyway, so we did that. We got back to the club. Uh, you know, we were there a little earlier than we had anticipated. We thought the walk was going to take us longer. So we went to have like a, you know, a beer at a little hole in the wall bar waiting till they were ready to seat us. And then we came back, um, our, our friend Ed, who we'd met the night before. And I forgot to mention too, Ed was, was a prince. He'd actually, while we were waiting for Verzi, he had just got us all a drink, which is something that, uh, my, my good friend, but, but, uh, penny pinching motherfucker, Jason would never do for some comics in from out of town. He wouldn't be like, Oh, welcome here. Have a seat at this table. Let me get you some free drinks. Um, so yeah, Ed was, uh, was great. He, he, uh, brought us in, put us at the comics table, grabbed us drinks. You know, he got us drinks the night before with Verzi there. It was very kind. And then he just comes up to us, gets us a nice table and he goes, uh, and that was, you guys, you both had the uh, Brooklyn's and you had the, like remembered the drinks we had from the night before and just got us again. And like I say, we, we asked, um, just throughout the show, I'll get to other things that happened, but, uh, throughout the, uh, we went to see the comedy juice show at Gotham, um, hosted by James Maher and, uh, Giannis Pappas was on it. Gary Gullman was on it. Um, Gary Gullman, for my friends listening, I made my friends watch a Gary Gullman special um, called In This Economy a long time ago. He's wearing a purple shirt and he does all these jokes about Trump versus Gates, um, you know, paying extra for guacamole, Netflix and Blockbuster. Like, it's a great, great, great special. I I wish I owned it because I could watch it a hundred times. It's so fucking funny. And it's well written. Anyways, Gary Gullman was on that show. And I think that was the big thing for us was like, oh, Gullman's on. We, we got to see this fucking special or this sorry, just a show. He's just doing a 10 minute spot, but I'm like, I've never seen Gary Gullman live. I got to fucking see this. Um, but anyways, uh, Ed brings us in, puts us at the table, gets us our drinks. And at one point we were like, that's great. It's very kind. And then I, I looked at the assistant manager because Ed introduced us to the assistant manager and introduced us to the, the doorman. Like he, he treated us like royalty. It was amazing. Super, super courteous. And um, halfway through the show, I just, I just, I asked Andrew, the, uh, the other, um, manager, I just said, Hey man, is it possible to get a server? And he's like, yeah, why? And I go, Oh, we're just going to order some more drinks. He's like, yeah, but what, what are you guys having? So again, dude just goes downstairs, gets us the drinks, gives them to us like, like zero charge. We got treated like fucking royalty. It was so kind. It was so, uh, generous, hospitable, um, can't can't say enough good things so we all left money for a server of their choice like here just just here's money uh split it up around amongst your staff whatever thank you so much ed was an absolute prince um great great time chatting with him was which was great i'd love to go back um 
gonna go back again. I would love to just see the dude like just made it amazing. Um, saw uh, like I said, Gary Goldman when he came in, he came up and said, "What's up?" Because I he we do not know each other. We've never met. But I guess because we were at the comics area, he must have just known, oh, these are comics. So he came up, said, what's up? And I was like, oh, dude, so funny. We came here tonight to see you. I go, I must have made 19 of my friends watch your In This Economy special. It was so good. Blabbity, bloobity, bleebity. Um, and he was great. Came off stage. I was like, he, he crushed with all. And I said, dude, if that's new material, I'm going to quit comedy. He's like, I'm sorry. It's new. And it was like, so it, it felt so polished and good. Anyways, he was great. He was great. We had a great time at the show. James Medern as the host was great. Giannis Papas was great. There was a little Asian dude on it. I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but he is on the Daily Show. He was on the show. He was all right, but uh, it was great. It was great. We had a great time. Um, I think we walked, um, it's interesting too, New York. Uh, it was garbage night, at least in the area that we're in. And it's funny, I say garbage night, it's not, it's businesses. But in New York, there's like no back alleys, like for the most part, you know, it's like all the businesses are all jammed together and smashed together. So there's like no back alleys for, you know, uh, dumpsters. So everyone, every business, when the garbage goes out, the garbage just goes right out on the curb and then people come and pick it up, like the different trucks come and pick it up, depending on who the contracts were. It was interesting to see, um, but we had some pizza right as the joint was closing um and they actually gave a few extra slices because they were closing up so they just sort of toss it it's delicious new york pizza is great um there's still great pizza here and some of it was not as good it was just it was just great it was a great time um wednesday we had breakfast we, we had to get come back so um wednesday some things changed for me um i was supposed to be coming back to do a rosé tasting at 7 p.m with being a seven hour drive we're like okay we got to be on the road you know, by 10, just to make sure we hit all of our, you know, Simon had to work that night, which I didn't know initially, but I was asked, Hey, can you make a rosé tasting at seven o'clock? And I was like, eh, you know, I'll be back early, but fuck it. I'm going to sit and I'm going to have some rosé. It's gonna be a great night. So we went and had breakfast at a place called Wonder Bagel right around the corner from the Airbnb, a uh, different place than the day previous. And it was just this big bagel joint. Uh, and the bagels in New York are huge. They're big ass fucking bagels. And they act like when people, you know, people say like, oh, if we have a bagel, bagels, like five pieces of bread, the bagels we're eating here are not the ones in New York. Holy fuck. Are they ever big? So that must've been the, uh, the benchmark for that particular comparison, but had bagels had a nice big ass breakfast bagel, fucking delicious. It was an egg bagel too. So we got a nice little spot here for anyone who knows in the Ottawa area. A nice little spot called Sherwood Deli here. They make a great sandwich on this egg bread. Well, this was an egg bread bagel. Oh my God, it was good. What a, whatever. Great, great breakfast. I'm going ape shit over the food because this, the food in the States is great. I'd be dead uh, if I lived there. Or at least, you know, I got to lose some weight, get some self-control, and then then I can move to the States and uh, and live. I can actually live long enough to do this. So, um. We started our drive home with the plan to hit Sonic again on the way. Um, it was funny when we were driving too. I stopped at this. We, we stopped at one point, like in Pennsylvania, because you kind of drive up uh, through Jersey, then you hit Pennsylvania, and then you make it back in the state of New York, and then whatever. So we we're in Pennsylvania, hours away from New York, and I happened to see this kid walk past me. This kid's got pimples all over his face, whatever. I mean, it looks like a teenager. Nothing special. He just looks like a teenager. We're four hours away from New York. We're in Pennsylvania. Took an off-ramp, drove down the street to use the washroom, but then go to like a Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, get some coffee. 
and we push pull into any random gas station. It's not like this is, I mean, the reason I add that extra little touch of like how we drove down a road or whatever is like, you know, in Canada, like you get off the side of the road and on route, there's only like, you know, there's not a ton of them. And it's like, it's literally right out there at the highway. So it's like people are traveling. We drove off into this town, you know what I mean? And down the road or whatever, and this and that. And we probably passed like five or six gas stations. So I get into the gas station and I see this kid walk by me. And I'm like, I'm pretty damn sure that's the fucking kid who walked past me in Times Square. Cause I remember I was standing outside. As a matter of fact, I'm glad uh, this story came up because I forgot to mention. Um, before we walked to Gotham, we went to a uh, souvenir shop. Simon was cold, needed a, a sweatshirt or whatever. And um, in this, uh, you know, uh, souvenir shop. They had tons of stuff. They had the red make America great hats or make America great again hats for, you know, the Trump ones they were selling those. Cause you know, if you're a souvenir shop, you got to cater to both sides of the, the goddamn, uh, sorry, I'm trying to get my pen to work here. Both sides of the political views, right? The stupid people who support Trump. It's not even like supporting Trump. It's like supporting racism. You know what I mean? Do you support racism? You got to get this hat. So anyways, um, we were at the souvenir store. I, I saw they had all these like presidential bobbleheads. They had like Washington, um, Lincoln, I think, uh, JFK. And then it was like Trump and they had like a bobblehead of regular like Trump. And then they had a bobblehead with him wearing that stupid red hat that make him air. Like that hat is very iconic to dumb people. Um, and I sent my mom a picture of the hat because she hates Trump and she hates that hat. And I'm like, want me to buy you one? Um, and then I just sent some pictures to crystal, uh, of some of the stuff that I was seeing there. And it was funny. She said this and it didn't even occur to me. Cause I was looking at all these different president bobbleheads. There was an uncle Sam one there too. And she's like, no Obama. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. That occurs to me. Like Obama was pretty significant, right? First black president, but there was no Obama ones. Obama got the fucking shaft in, uh, in the New York, uh, souvenir shops. So, uh, anyways, I just, I, I ran into stuff. Like Mikey was getting some stuff for his kids. Simon was just wandering around staring at keychains. So I walked outside and as I was standing outside, just waiting for the, the guys to come out, this kid walked past me. So a day later, probably almost exact. No, no, I'm been too late in the day, but you know, maybe, maybe 24 hours later, this fucking guy, uh, you know, I see him walk past me in a, in a convenience store at a gas station. And I'm like, I think that's the same fucking kid. I mean, what are the odds four hours away? Why the fuck? And then, uh, and then I just hear the mother go, Oh, we're from Canada. She's talking to the, um, uh, the person at the gas station you know, the counter. Oh yeah. We're from Canada. And I go, okay. Oh, you guys are down visiting. And they go, yeah. And I go, were you in times square yesterday? And they're like, yeah. I go, I walk, I walk past your son. I recognized his face. I go, yeah, you guys were in the, he's like, holy shit. Wow. That's amazing. And, and just like, I thought that was also incredibly coincidental. So in terms of like 12 million people and these people on a trip, I think they're also from Ontario, but they're from like small town, Ontario. You know, they had like the, Hey bud, like the, just the, the, the little sort of the trashy, uh, accent, if you will, the people who maybe, you know, work on cars, not to offend any of my listeners that may or may not work on cars. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I just thought that was really coincidental that someone I just happened to, like, I probably locked eyes with two people waiting outside for the guys, but just that kid walking past me and then seeing him again a day later. So again, two minutes, one way or the other, we would have not seen this or that or whatever. So just, I, I thought that was, and you know, the odds, whatever you get it. It's a very strange thing. Um, yeah. So we hit Sonic again on the way by, you know, just a quick and easy in and out. It was delicious. Um, and then we made it back in time to be, you know, right on the nose. I was hoping to get back at like five o'clock, come home, shower change. But, uh, in chatting with my contact, she's like, 
you know, we're going to do that. We got to actually, it turns out we have some stuff in the trucks. We got to move that stuff in into the store and then we're going to do the tasting. I'm like, all right, no worries. Um, I get to the store. I fucking have this big issue with my card not being read at the parking meter. I had to run into the goddamn store, buy some fucking gum to pay, like to get changed to pay for it. It was a giant ordeal. We get inside and we start, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, just didn't show. I've worked with her on, on, uh, activations before. She just didn't show up for this. And, uh, it's myself and Khalil, um, basically building like displays, which sort of sucked, but not the end of the world. Right. Cause we're going to have some rosé shortly. We're going to build the shit. Then we're going to sit down. We're going to have some drinks. Um, and by the time we were done working, um, my, uh, my, I guess my immediate supervisor was like, yeah, we're not going to have time for the rosé tasting tonight, but I'll, I'll see you guys tomorrow, whatever. And, and I just got mad. Like I didn't, I didn't lose my shit or anything and I didn't say anything to them, but internally I just got mad because I'm like, you know what? I had an extra day in New York, um, that I could have spent, you know, I could have come home in the evening, drive, drive in the night, but I had an extra whole day in New York to have fun, hang out with my buddies, just soak in the experience. And I left early. So I'd be part of this tasting you know, if you had just told me, oh, I'm going to come home early to do hard labor, fuck you. I would have stayed in New York. I would have no-showed like this other person who was infinitely closer. I'm not going to dwell on it, but I'm sure you guys can get the frustration. That's not uh, not fucking cool. So uh, it wasn't a tasting. I rushed home for a uh, hard labor. So boo. And then the rest of this week, you know, I'm seeing I'm at the 43-minute mark. I don't want to take too long. Trip to New York was great. Had a great time. Uh, Simon drove me crazy. I will not get into that either because I'm trying to be a happy person, but I could have probably killed him five times um, and wanted to choke him like a dozen others. Simon drove me fucking bananas on that trip. Um, so anyways, I uh, Thursday woke up and I actually landed some work at the end of the month. Uh, some really good paying work that I'm very, very happy about. Takes some of the pressure off waiting for this Air Canada thing to come through. Um, I uh, started this rosé activation I was doing. So LCBO is trying to sell a bunch of different rosés for Mother's Day. We were giving uh, samples of rosé wine. We were giving away roses when someone bought a bottle. We had, uh, you know, bakery cookies and, and cheesecakes and, and brownies and all that fun stuff. We were giving away. It was a, it was a really fun activation, you know. Um, Thursday went fine, except uh, the colleague who no-showed for the setup was there. And uh, it was very difficult to get her to stay on point. Nothing, uh, again, nothing personal, just she wasn't really doing her job. Um, Friday I had lunch with Crystal. That was great. Uh, we went to Panera bread, way better food for me than I'd been eating in New York. So that was the first good meal I had out. Um, and then I went to the Rosie activation. I got stuck in traffic, um, because, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on near my house, uh, with the tulip festival, um, and traffic was slowed down and the intersection was blocked at one point, And I, uh, ended up late for the activation. And, um, and then when I get there, I get there right when it's supposed to start and find out that my other colleague, um, the one who no showed and yada, 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 just isn't coming. She, so she never contacted my, my, um, uh, I guess my supervisor. So the supervisor's there in uniform doing the job. I walk in, she's understandably upset, but instead of her, you know, having one employee who was late, she had one employee who was late, one who no showed. And now she's working. So, um, we, we solved things over, patched things over. We we're fine, but it was just, it was a rough start to the Friday activation. Everything was fine by the day. And then Saturday all day long, we punched the balls. It was a very early morning. Um, the, uh, 
the colleague didn't show up again on Saturday, so she's out. Um, but two people I love working with on these activations, Khalil and Lydia were both there on Saturday. They rocked it. They did their jobs. As a matter of fact, Khalil's the one who came in for her on Thursday. So luckily I got to work with my buddy twice. Uh, I got to work with Lydia as well on Saturday. Everyone did a great job. We worked hard, uh, good numbers, whatever. It was just a great day. Everyone was in a great mood. It was pre mother's day. Everyone's, you know, getting free flowers and stuff like that. Um, great time. And then afterwards I went home with a shitload of flowers, a shitload of goodies. I delivered some to the mums in my life, uh, to uh, my mom and to crystal. Um, so it was nice. I just got to do some stuff. Yes. I know a lot of you mothers there. Alex maybe listens. Alex is cooking so much bakery goodies that she doesn't need anything from me. And, uh, my, uh, I don't know if Mel listens. I know my, my buddy Mika does. Mika, your wife didn't get anything because you guys live in the country and I hate you. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys get the greatest gift of all, the laughter of children. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of all the mothers in my life. Happy mother, happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers. I love you all. Stop fucking. Um, <laughs> trying to be, I'm trying to be positive. I'm actually not trying to be a dick, but it's just funny to me. Um, Sunday, I just did some grocery shopping because after a week gone, I needed some uh, some food and some some you know replenishables. Um. I could tell you a horrible story. I actually had to do a ton of, of work for air Canada and I could just bitch at you guys, but I don't really want to. And I'm already 47 minutes in. I kind of want to, you know, get past, uh, get past the week, but I had so many hiccups. I had to do a bunch of stuff for air Canada. I had so many fucking hiccups and issues with the website and the pop-up windows and everything like that. And I'm a guy who knows how to use computers. I can only imagine what that would have been like for someone else, but it was brutal um, and then Sunday night, Mother's Day, I hung out with my mom. So we had uh, hamburgers on the barbecue. We had uh, we, we had some wine. We had her favorite kind of wine, as a matter of fact. Um, I picked her up some too from the LCBO. We played some board games. It was a great night with my mom, and she had a great time. Very, very happy lady. Very, very happy to spend the time with her. Um, Monday, jumped right back on board. Not that it matters, but I just I, I spent a lot of time yesterday doing that onboarding stuff for uh, Air Canada. Um... I, uh, and then I barbecued, I bought too many burgers from hot or from Costco. So I'm going to be having burgers for the next few days straight. I've got some downstairs thawing. Uh, I watched some burger videos while I was doing the air Canada stuff, just because the Costco burgers are, are just like, it's just a hamburg, right? I didn't buy like frozen or anything like that. So these ones are thick ass meat. I had to watch some YouTube burgers, YouTube videos on how to cook burgers. Cause I didn't want to, uh, when I cooked them with my mom, they were still pink in the middle. They weren't like raw they were hot and they were cooked properly, but it was just, they were still pink and she won't eat them if they're pink. So I'm like, all right, how do I cook this? And I thought I had to cook them on low heat for X amount of time. It's like, no, you got to cook them on hot heat, but you put, you know, uh, salt and pepper on them. You put fucking olive oil. You, you do this, you do that. Um, so whatever. I watched all that shit. I had some burgers last night. It was great. Um, did some more prep, did some reading and that was it. I did some reading today. So, um, yeah, that was my week guys. I had a great time. I did a New York trip. I did th three, four days straight of Rosé bullshit, two days of Air Canada bullshit, uh, some shopping, some hosting, you know, uh, yeah, magical, magical there. So, um, yeah, talking points. Just want another shout out to Nova Scotia for killing it Canadian listenership wise. Thank you so much. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, one person telling all their friends or if just somehow, some way this particular podcast made it out to a few different people's uh, things, but I, you guys are still listening. The numbers are still going up and I really appreciate you for it. So thank you very much. 
Um, Hey, and if you're out there and you want to say, Hey, you know what? I've been listening this month. I'm contributing. Hey, contact at one man podcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please introduce yourself. I would love to, uh, to make your acquaintance. And, uh, with that said, guys, we're going to move right on to the podcast sponsor portion of the show. Uncle John's bathroom Raiders. And this week I'm going to be reading from uncle John's perpetually pleasing bathroom readers, the 26th edition. And since Obama got screwed, screwed out of the souvenir game, I figured I would recognize our, our, not mine. I'm Canadian. Uh, the 43rd president. One second. Hey Siri, what president is Obama? 43rd question mark. Here's what okay. I found. I found this on the web for what president is Obama 43rd. Check it out. Okay. 42nd president. It looks like. Yeah. Trump's the 43rd president. What the fuck? Let's try it again. Hey Siri, what president is Obama? Barack Hussein right. Obama II second is an American attorney and politician who served as the 44th president of yeah. the United States. Yeah, there you from go. 2009 to 40, 44th president. So there you go. So our 44th, their 44th president, the article is called comedian in chief because Obama, man, was he ever a funny dude, cool and a hip. So comedian in chief is the name of the article, whether he comes up with the jokes himself or has writers help him. Barack Obama can be a pretty funny guy at all those dinners he has to speak at. Um, so first quote or joke is I'm hard at work on plans. Maybe I can do it like Obama. I'm hard at work on plans for the Obama library. Some have suggested that we put it in my birthplace, but I'd rather keep it in the United States. That of course, referencing a joke about him not being uh, an American. People are always coming at him. So he pokes a little fun at himself. What a, what a guy. It's great to be here this evening in the vast, magnificent Hilton ballroom or what Mitt Romney would call it a little fixer upper. <laughs> uh, that's another one. The pundits said you can't win with a name like Obama. There was quite a bit of confusion at first, but it did get me free airtime on Al Jazeera. I don't think I can do an Obama thing the whole time. It would just bother me. I'd be more focused on the impression than reading properly. The White House Correspondents' Dinner is known as the prom of Washington, D.C., a term coined by political reporters who clearly never had the chance to go to an actual prom. Uh, I know how quickly fads can come, or sorry, how fads can pass. Jesus Christ. I know how quickly fads can pass. You all remember the pet rock, the mood ring, Howard Dean. Don't know who that is. Uh, these days I look at in the mirror and I have to admit, I'm not the strapping young Muslim socialist that I used to be. And of course that's everyone saying he's a Muslim. Another joke at that. Uh, I want to especially thank all the members of Congress who took a break from their exhausting schedule of not passing any laws to be here tonight. Oh, what a funny guy. Hey, here's, uh, here's another one. He says about Matt Damon, Matt Damon said he was disappointed in my performance. Well, Matt, I just saw the adjustment bureau. So right back at you, buddy. <laughs> uh, the, the press and I have different jobs to do. Sorry. The press and I have different jobs to do. My job is to be president. Your job is to keep me humble. Frankly, I think I'm doing my job better. Uh, some say, uh, sorry, some have said I blame too many problems on my predecessor, but let's not forget that's a practice that was initiated by George W. Bush. Ah, jeez. I got my name Barack from my father and I got my middle name from somebody who obviously didn't think I'd ever run for president. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, and finally, if I had to name my greatest strength, I guess it would be my humility. Greatest weakness. It's possible that I'm a little too awesome. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
Uh, and then finally, the running feet. Astronomers can deduce the temperature of a star by its color. The bluer it is, the hotter. Whoa. And that, my friends, is Uncle John's bathroom reader. Perpetually pleasing bathroom reader. The article, Comedian in Chief, right? That's their 26th edition. Of course, you go to purplepress.com. You can see all sorts of different bathroom readers with all sorts of different stories and things like that. You just pick what uh, what you're into, and you can read all sorts of things like that. Just little cute little things to expand your small or large mind, depending on how you see it. Um, of course, my partner is also at Absolute Comedy. I'm happy to be home. I have some shows coming up, just some spots coming up at Absolute Comedy next week to try to hone my comedic skills. A trip to New York, seeing all these famous funny people. It would be wonderful to actually get my ass back on stage and be a little funny myself. So, uh, you know, if you happen to live in the Toronto, Kingston, or Ottawa area, check out absolutecomedy.ca to find out the lineups and go see a fucking show, you guys. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. And guys, I uh, I am not doing two books this time. Oh, fuck. I'm supposed to pretend like I don't know who my last sponsor is, but I fucking know them. I love them, you know, and I hope you love them too. Guys, my partners at DK, Dorling Kindersley. This book I have been reading for some time now. I didn't have it ready. I didn't want to be a piece of garbage because of the nature of the book and its content. I really wanted to give it its due. I actually wanted to have both the books on the same podcast. That's not going to happen because I haven't had a chance to finish them, but it's been so long since International Women's Day or month or week or whatever it is. I wanted to have this then. I, I didn't have it and I, I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to half-ass it. I think that the content is necessary. Guys, the book this week that I'm reviewing is uh, called Women, Our Story. And it's uh, it's from, the, you know, it's, it's in, in collaboration with the Smithsonian, uh, obviously the world's biggest, um, you know, natural history museum and all the different, you know, they're, they're fact checkers. And I don't really know what to call the Smithsonian, but it's obviously it's a museum, but they have different wings and instit- they're an institution, right? And in, in knowing history and, and being accurate with history. I really, really enjoyed this book. And it's, it's a hard one to put into words in terms of review. I think honestly, um, it's really eye opening to a lot of things. Um, every single page, it's not like, you know, a chapter is based on one thing, you know, it's not like there's a chapter on the suffrage movement. There's, there's, there's every page of this book tells you something else that you didn't know about women and their struggle and their plight and just knowing women in general, like female physiology. So I, I can't tell you what all is in this book because I'd literally have to go to every single page and then remind myself of what was on it. But like, it'll be more like if I'm talking about one particular thing in conversation, I'll be able to reference it because I remember that one thing, but to just remember it all right off the top of my head is difficult. Um, I like, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go to the beginning of the book and just, just for a few little things that you guys 
may or may not know. So something that's kind of obvious is of course, you know, men have been the, the writers, not the creators, the writers of history for the most part. Um, and that of course, they've always said, there's a lot of things that have said, you know, whoever, you know, whoever wins the war gets to tell the tale. But of course, in terms of it being a gender, not necessarily war, but when, when men are holding the pens, they're the ones who get to sort of talk about how history went. And there's a lot of interesting things. So women were not, um, not that they ever are or were or whatever, but women were not, um, seen as inferior to men very early on in, in human civilization. Um, very, very equal as a matter of fact. And we look at things like there's a lot of different things that they talk about in this book about how like cave drawings, um, going off of fossil records and sizes of theory, you know, Neanderthals and whatnot, the cave drawings and the handprints and things like that, that they found on these cave drawings were much too small to have been, you know, man hands and man drawings are there. So there's a lot of evidence, if not proof that says that a lot of the cave drawings and history recordings and things like that were, were probably women who had drawn them and left them and things like that. Um, it talks about early societies, how we have this fucked up view that, not fucked up, but we had this view that, that men were the hunters and women were like the gatherers and the, the mothers and things like that. But, um, based on, again, fossil records, it was showing that, that, that women, the forearms of women, the bones in the forearms of women were actually stronger than like athletic rowers today. So women back then were very, very strong, very, very, and, and there's a lot of evidence and proof that shows that they were just as capable, if not like not capable, but, but capable and likely to have been participating in the hunting, in the gathering and all those things. There's nothing that suggests that they should have been that way. And it wasn't through, um, civilizations and viewpoints and things like that. that They started to make it more like to basically crush women down. It wasn't like women were underneath. It was actually like bringing women down with something that happened throughout history and holding them out. Cause there's a lot of strong women leaders that are all all viewed in this book, not just like, here's a North American women's struggle. And it's not like, yeah, I started in 1950. Like they go through human history. They talk all about goddesses and pharaohs, um, fertility, uh, sculptures, the Venus of Willendorf, right. Where they were having like old, basically old carvings and things like that of, you know, women that looked, you know, uh, large and fertile and things like that. Um, very, very interesting stuff. They talked about, um, I got to look this one up here, just the name of it, because I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, Neolithic, I believe it was. Yes, Neolithic. Um, they talk about the Neolithic revolution, which was basically um, when we stopped just constantly moving in tribes and once we learned how to create crops. So once we started creating our own crops was when we stopped moving around, we started to create, you know, uh, not cultures, but little civilizations and and, and things like that. And, and communities. That's what I'm saying. So basically it was back then too. Like one of the things that, that people used to eat was like corn, but corn and seed on its own, very difficult to eat. So they were talking about how they, you know, there'd be women just grinding. They'd have all the strength from just constantly grinding and milling corn and seeds and things like that to make it easier to ingest. Um, very, very interesting stuff in that regard. But, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And then they talk, and again, they, they talk as, as history goes on about how women, you know, got, got basically shoved down and how, um, you know, we changed the, the history through the different cultures and not necessarily religions, but they, they talk about slaves, queens, pharaohs, um, 
I remember, and I like that this section, so here, I'm going to actually go back to the table of contents, that might help me actually structure my review, and I don't want to go on it for too long. Honestly, any woman, I'm going to give both men and women shit, all right? Any woman who, who, um, fuck, I'm going to sound so negative. If you run your mouth about how much better your gender is than another, you need to read this book. Men, if you run your mouth about how much better your gender is than the other, you need to read this book, all right? Because we are all of value to each other, but this is some fucking, I really, really enjoyed this. Anyways, the, I want to read the, the headings of the, the, the chapters to you guys. There's the birthplace of the patriarchy. So the patriarchy is not a thing that has always been, it was created and it was perpetuated. Um, but it's the, the whole first section is the birthplace of the patriarchy. They talk about Cleopatra, uh, Cleopatra, Cleopatra and through the ages, um, empires, motherhood and marriage, like a lot of different things. They even talk about the strong warrior women. You know, like Amazons and things like that. It was really cool. Um, then they talk about purity. Uh, I don't know how to say this right. Piety, I believe. Piety and prosperity. So different privileges and things like that. Um, the rise of Islam. There's a lot of stuff like that, right? When we talk about cultures that are, are seen as, you know, very negative towards women. Chivalry and courtly love. Lots of really cool things. Um, I like the poetry and the power as well it was a big section I liked and I really enjoyed reading more about Joan of Arc. Um, a lot of people know about Joan of Arc. Of course, she wanted to contribute. She had to hide her identity. Um, you know, another section, uh, another chapter is from empire to enlightenment. We've got the knowledge and power, the age of empowerment. And then of course, what I think is the, uh, most important, uh, section, which is just from 1960s to present day is the section, the last section, which is called smashing the glass season, uh, season ceiling, Jesus smashing the glass ceiling. These invisible liners make it tough. Um, but the last section how it talks about people like Maya Angelou. It talks about people like Malala, right? Who basically stood up to things. They talk, there's a lot of talk about the LGBT in the, the LGBTQ in the last section. Um, so, I mean, as much as this sounds like I could just go into every single page and then just give you a ton of information you don't have, which is what makes this book so great is that you're not reading 15 pages in a chapter about what suffrage is. The points, the information is quick and concise. It's a good read. You're learning something new on every single page. Um, you know, they talk about women's contributions in the war and stuff like that. And you know, what got them into the, the factories and stuff like that. Um, women's suffrage, of course, being a huge, 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 huge one. Um, there was, I remember like, it's not even here in the, the, the index, but I remember there's a page about Jane Goodall, right? The gorillas in the mist lady. So I personally really, really enjoyed reading this. And like I said, they talk about the, the courtesans is another one too, which I always understood the courtesans were like the early prostitutes and things like that back in the Roman times and whatnot. But, uh, the, the book is really, um, I really liked it. There's even a section that was called, uh, where there's just a, the quote that I really liked was says, I preferred love to wedlock, you know? freedom to bond where it's basically wedlock is like you're forced to bond with this other person whereas love is you know you get to choose to love this person it's basically choice like women in a lot of ways were treated like slaves you know there was cultural classes and uh, clashes and things like that what it was like to be a widow right were you allowed to find love again and things like that i i a great book honestly men and women if you're listening to this if you see yourself as somebody who is enlightened, you, you want to be that person who's woke or whatever it is, but you don't know the stories. You don't know the players, why it came to be, how it existed, you know, uh, women in industry and things like that, the real contributions, inventors, science, 
imperialism, things like that. You, you need to pick up this book. It's not expensive. It's not a hard read at all. The imagery is always amazing as it always is with anything from DK and the Smithsonian. It's called Women, Our Story, and I highly recommend it. Um, I, I wanted to have it for International Women's Women's Day, Month, Week, whatever it is, and I apologize. Again, I should know what that is, but I don't. Um, I guess I could ask Siri. Let's ask Siri again, so she'll help me. Hey, Siri, what is International Women's Day? Here's International Women's Day is celebrated on March 8th every year. March 8th. It is a focal point in the movement for women's rights. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's established February 28th, 1909, but it's celebrated on March 8th every year now. So there you go. I'm like two months late on that, but, uh, I really, I really wanted to have it finished. I really want to be able to give it a good review. But like I said, the difficult part for me is every page was something new, you know, and I knew a lot of this stuff. I was raised by a single mom. Um, I have a lot of wonderful women in my life who are incredibly strong women. I'm, I'd like to feel I sorry, I'd like to think that I'm one of those guys who's never looked at women as they as being inferior or incapable. Um, I don't say I'd like to think that because I know it's the opposite, but I think, uh, but I also, here's the thing too. I also know a lot of strong men. I know a lot of good men. I know a lot of, of contributing men. And I think that anytime I'm not taking this opportunity to smash women, I'm taking this opportunity to smash anybody who thinks they're better. All of anything is not better. There's exceptions to every rule. There's hardworking people and there's absolute fucking scumbags on all sides. What's between your legs is not a quick indicator of whether you're good or bad. All right. Get that shit out of your head. And if you're someone who goes, the future's female or women, what the fuck do women contribute or any of that shit? You're already in the wrong. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. But if you're somebody who wants to, who is, who's good, who's open to it, you want to learn more. Women, our story from DK is a great, great start. Um, next week, I fully intend to have um, the feminism book from the Big Ideas Simply Explained. I want to know more about feminism. Sure, I've got a bunch of it in here, but I want to learn a lot more about a feminism because, you know, I want to be. Uh, I don't, I don't even like the term woke. I just want to be uh, as educated as possible. And I want to be, I, I always say that I'm an egalitarian. I believe everyone is equal. I want to be a better egalitarian. I want to know more. I want to understand, not just believe it, but I want to understand more of the things that make us equal and make us all brothers and sisters in this fucking world here. So that's it. Thank you for DK. Uh, absolute. And of course, uh, uncle John, my friend partners at portablepress.com. What do I have coming up this week? Oh, taxes taxes and even more onboarding for air Canada. It just, just the forms and shit never stop with these fuckers. And if you were a listener and you happen to be in uh, Montreal, Quebec, I will be at the comedy nest this weekend. I'm hosting uh, the comedy nest. I don't even know who I'm hosting for. Ha. How good of a fucking uh, employee am I that I, I normally would write that down, but I actually have no idea who I'm fucking hosting for. Let's see if it's in my calendar. Montreal comedy nest, Gary Vider. Never heard of him. Uh, hope he's funny. Hope he's nice. Looking forward to working with that guy, Gary Vider at the Comedy Nest. So if you want to see uh, yours truly hosting, ComedyNest.com, I believe it is. Uh, get your tickets. I will be there this weekend. And then uh, next week, uh, early on, I got nothing. So just back to work stand-up wise, trying to get to the gym, get all that fun stuff going, make my life a better thing. Um and that's it, guys. I hope you had a great week, too. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that it was interesting and upbeat and fun and all that fun shit. Um, I look forward to hearing your stuff. You know, please send me in your emails. You guys know how to find us on the socials and all that fun stuff. And until we talk next, keep living your truth, 
keep doing it for yourselves. What's the, what's be your, be your best version of yourself. I don't know all the fucking buzzwords. Uh, I'm still out here trying to woke myself. I'll talk to you next week. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues Are melting away I'll make a brand new start of it In old New York If I can It's up to you, New 